Hi, this is Lamar Wright Jr., The Bayou Brief. I apologize for the delay. We were supposed to have aired this episode yesterday, but instead I published a lengthy um, article that I encourage people to read about gubernatorial candidate Eddie Rispone. Um, You can find it on the Bayou Brief. It's uh, one of the top stories there. Um, It involves... um, uh, School vouchers. I'll just, just leave it at that. I don't want to tease anything about it. Also, a little bit of housekeeping. Um, in my previous interview with Morgan Lamandre, I I believe I neglected to mention that Morgan won her case. The the ethics administration ultimately, the ethics board, ultimately reversed their decision and allowed child care to count as a legitimate campaign expense. Uh, I think that we had spoken about it during our interview and it somehow got uh, edited out. So um, just just so everyone is aware, Morgan won that fight righteously. She also did respond to the question about who was the guy that talked about nursing homes in the middle of that, that ethics board meeting? And that would be a Reverend Jose, and I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name. But um, Reverend Jose, hello, I disagree with your analysis there, but God bless you, sir. Um, And thank you to Morgan for clearing all of that up. Um, Beverly Brooks Thompson is a first-time candidate. She um, earned her PhD at LSU, much like Belinda um, Davis did. That was our interview on Monday. In fact, I think the two of them are friends. And funny enough, um, Belinda is running for the seat being vacated by State Representative Franklin Foyle. And Franklin Foyle is now one of two candidates um, running for the same seat as Dr. Thompson. Um, The other candidate running... Is, is Steve Carter, also a Republican. You're gonna, our interview is, is only about 16, 17 minutes long. So um, I'd like to give you a little bit of background on, on both Dr. Thompson and on her two opponents, since we really didn't get into a lot of that. Um, Dr. Thompson is a... Um, You'll hear you'll hear from her about what she does. She's a small business owner. She um, she's a fundraiser. She was um, in charge of the Forever LSU campaign, which raised over seven hundred million dollars for Louisiana State University, the flagship school, and um, has extensive experience in basically putting together public-private partnerships in a meaningful way. Um, This is, again, her first time running for office, so she has the benefit, I guess you could say, of um, not having a voting record to scrutinize, although when you listen to her, it's it's difficult to imagine there will be too much for someone like me to scrutinize. Um, Her opponents, though, yeah, a little bit to worry about, to be honest. Franklin Foyle was my, my state rep when I lived in Baton Rouge. Um, I was not really too familiar with his work. 
um, to be honest with you. But having reviewed some of it, you can find a lot of this stuff on votesmart.org. Um, yeah, a little disappointed. Little disappointed. Uh, you can also find um, additional information about um, Representative Foyle on... Well, I mean, if you go through... If you go to Vote Smart, um, there are little tabs that say um, bio votes, positions, and ratings. Now, neither Representative Carter nor... Representative Foyle um, actually filled out the questionnaire on positions, but we do have some good records on their votes. And not surprisingly, um, both men have, I would say, very uneven and at times pretty problematic voting records. Um, They are clearly staunch conservatives um, on pretty much every issue. There was a couple of issues that Foil in particular, I think we can all agree he, he, he did some good things. Um, for example, co- medical coverage for, for, for children with autism. Um, no one would discount that that is a, an important bill. Um, the, um, the other issues that I think um, will probably cause some consternation by some, you know, um, a lot of it involves drug testing and um, uh, the access to um, medicinal marijuana, which he opposed uh, consistently. Weirdly enough, um, he, you know, as, as, as early as 2012, he voted against a rape and incest exemption from prohibition on insurance coverage for abortion. Um, so that kind of gives you an idea of his staunch opposition to that issue. And of, and of course, both men voted for the very controversial uh, heartbeat bill that just came up um, in the legislature recently and unfortunately was, was pretty much veto-proof. Um, and as many folks know, uh, was actually sponsored by a Democrat named John Milkovich, who really isn't a Democrat, let's be honest. Um, and it's not because he's pro-life, it's because he, he really just isn't a Democrat. Um, there, are other, there, are a few, there are a few other things that are worth mentioning. I think that my favorite bill by far was the bill, and some of you may remember this, I kind of hope that you do, Um, he voted in favor of prohibiting cockfighting. I know that's going to disappoint a lot of our professional, um, you know, cockfight gamblers, or I don't even know what they call them, but if you've never seen the skit um, on... John Stewart's uh, Daily Show that involved interviewing the great Albert Guillory. I highly recommend that you Google uh, John Stewart Albert Guillory and, and maybe you may need to include the term chicken boxing. Um, 
don't want to give away too much if you've never seen it before. For those of you in Alexandria, um, uh, he also voted against Aiken Optional School, um, which would really piss my grandmother off. Um, just letting you know that. You know, I mean, the, the weirdest thing about both of these men, uh, Representative Carter and Representative Foyle, is shortly after Governor Jindal was elected, and I think a lot of people will remember this, Governor Jindal ran on a platform of uh, the gold standard of ethics and transparency. Remember that? Well, there were a few bills that had to do with opening up records of the governor's office, making them more transparent. And, well, not surprisingly, um, or maybe it is surprising, both of these men voted against making these records more transparent to the public. Um, so, I don't know how you reconcile that with the, um, with the, the whole plan to, uh, you know, make the government more transparent. Certainly did not. Um, and like I said, uh, both men staunchly, staunchly um, anti-abortion. Um, that's earned them a lot of uh, praise from the Louisiana Family Forum. It's worth mentioning, too, um, that Representative Carter in particular, I think this is just kind of funny, and I don't mean to pick on him too much, but it, it may be worth it. Um, so, so neither of them filled out, the, the, like I said, neither of them filled out their questionnaire on their position, so we're just going to have to surmise what their positions are based on their voting record. Um, but we did get some information from Representative Steve Carter on his awards. Um, we know that. Well, let's let's go through. Let's go through this. We do know that he's a Presbyterian. Congratulations. Um, that he is from Baton Rouge, married. His full name is Stephen Stephen F. Carter, um, and he is a male. Um, he attended LSU, has a bachelor's degree, and was elected to office in 2006 um, and served from 2007 until, well, right now. Um, he was the chair of the personnel subcommittee most recently and a member of the illustrious and um, ahead, way ahead of its time um, education committee as everyone knows cutting edge education committee in the Louisiana house being a little facetious the um, other thing I really enjoyed about this the awards that he's received so um, in 2010 Steve Carter was the recipient of the chamber southwest Louisiana's legislator of the year award for some reason, um, Louisiana legislators have a difficult time spelling 
the word legislator. And it's, they always add a G. I'm just not sure why. It's, it's kind of weird. Uh, in 2012 and 2014, he won the, he was a recipient, I guess you'd say, of the Louisiana Family Forum's Family Advocate Award. And I believe that goes to um, the member of the legislator who has the most subscriptions to the LGBTQ um, publication, The Advocate. So um, I'm sure that they are thankful for his uh, patronage. Um, He was named as one of Southwest Louisiana's business champions. Um, And he is, this is, you know, perhaps would make most people the most jealous, I would imagine. He's the recipient of the Golden Apple of School Choice Award by the Louisiana Chapter of Public School Options, which is like the equivalent of the Oscar for Best Picture here in Louisiana. Um, I mean, how many of you have a Golden Apple Award from the Louisiana Chapter of Public School Options or the um, LCPSO, as it's commonly known? Um... Anyway, sarcasm aside, um, this will be an interesting race. Uh, It will be a very competitive race. It could be a very tight race with two Republicans who seemingly um, have, you know, very very similar records. Um, And and then we have Dr. Thompson, who you're about to hear from. Um, I really enjoyed my conversation with Dr. Thompson, just like... Dr. Davis, Belinda, um, she was down to earth. She was conversational. She um, seemed to know exactly what she wanted to do from day one. And um, and, and I think that uh, really understood how to, to maximize and leverage money for the state of Louisiana, which is what we so desperately need right now. And really not someone that comes across as... Um, an ideological culture warrior like some of these white men um, like to do just to impress the Louisiana Family Forum, the Christian Dominionist organization known as the Louisiana Family Forum. Um, one other thing to note about Representative Carter, it, it, it does work. It, it is worth noting. He, he was a captain at, in the, um, in the um, United States Air Force during the Vietnam War. So thank you, sir. Despite what I said, uh, my sarcasm, thank you, sir, for your service. Um, I uh, hope this is a good race, and and I hope you change your mind on a number of issues. That said, um, I think that most listeners will be impressed by what our next guest has to say. So, uh, without further ado, let's listen to Beverly Brooks Thompson. So I'm here with Dr. Beverly Brooks Thompson, and um, Bever- Beverly, right? You're running for Senate District 16, 16, which is currently being rep- represented by Steve Carter. No, or it Steve is Carter and Franklin Fuller running against you. Is that right? That's correct. Dan Clater Dan is Clater, term limited in the Senate, and Franklin Foyle and Steve Carter are both term limited in the House of Representatives. And this is a district that um, that should be competitive. 
for a Democrat. Absolutely. Correct? And Dan Clater, relatively moderate Republican, and probably, arguably, people would say ser- has served the district well enough. Um, you know, I have some faults with him, but he did some good stuff every now and then. Um, I lived in the district. I, I think I lived in your district for a little bit, but maybe I'm maybe not. Maybe on the verge of it. Excellent. You should come home. I Move love back. New Orleans. It's pretty great yeah, here. Yeah, it is terrific. Um, and I, I just spoke. I just spoke with Belinda Davis, yes. who was running for the seat being vacated by. Frank That's and correct. Wells so we overlap pretty yeah. significantly. She is running for um, House District 70, and I happen to live in House District 70. So um, you are a doctor, but not a medical doctor. I am not a physician. I'm a PhD. I have four degrees from oh LSU. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Four degrees. Three of which I got while uh, working full time as a single mom. In it's effect. just uh, that's just intimidating a little bit. Is uh, it? I mean, oh, uh, I just believe in hard work and education. They served me well. Just, I went to I went to law school at SMU, and there I went I went terrific to school. The, it's grade school. You know, the night program, and there were people there who had three kids, women, three kids. They were, you know worked full time jobs, and they were in law school. Yeah, that you just no described idea. my life. That's I exactly no what I did. No idea how the hell that works. Well, uh, I guess you I didn't just sleep, sleep a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I worked hard. Yeah. Uh, and I was given, you know, I worked at LSU for a long time and um, was given the opportunity to go back to school and earned a master's degree and then so what's took your a little PhD, time. So what's your PhD in? Uh, human Resource and Leadership Development, specifically. Can I ask you what the title of your dissertation was? Yes. It um, specifically is the impact of the... LSU Stripes program on philanthropic giving. In fact, last ah. uh, just this month, it was published in the Indiana University Journal of um, Philanthropy and Education. So I'm so, super proud oh, of that. Oh, wow. Okay, so this is a recent degree. that um, I graduated in 2015, but my okay. research right been, um, has been... It takes a while. It does, and we, you know, we've had some subsequent research, which is fantastic, but um, specifically in philanthropic leadership, that's, that's my background. I'm an adjunct faculty member at Southern University. and um, uh, Do you help with fundraising there right now? Or? I don't help with fundraising. I teach uh, some adjunct classes there. So people probably would be familiar with, you, you told me before we were recording that, that you were the director of uh, the Forever LSU campaign. That's right. So when I worked at LSU, I was the director of the Forever LSU campaign, which was the three contiguous campuses of LSU, the Law Center, the Ag Center, and the A&M campus. But not our little LSU-A for my hometown in Alexandria. Right? No, but um, <laughs> a fantastic institution. Have spent, is, some, yeah. spent some time there. Um, but we raised $798 million That's during the Forever LSU campaign. But LSU's in a new campaign right this second. Which is um, even more ambitious. Right? Uh, $1.5 And it, it will encompass your I know, uh, no, school up there in Alexandria. All of them, including the med- medical school here in New Orleans. The, yeah, that's great. And, yeah. and will it include... The, the all of them up in Shreveport? Yes, all of them. Okay. Um, also, all of the LSU campuses are yeah, part of that the, campaign, which is fantastic, and I wish them great success. Yeah, but, I, but not involved in this right now. This is not. I mean, no. So I, you know, I hold four degrees from LSU, and I think of them as stock certificates. So I wish them great success. Uh, yeah. On my watch, we raised a lot of money on on the watch of um, some of the folks we mentioned before. They cut higher education uh, by fifty two percent. I yeah, take some did. issue with that. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess 
this would be a big issue. Um, if you're successful in your, your race, this would be a big issue for you, right? It is. So higher education. It already is. It is. Higher education um, and education in general, right. I, you know, I think are, are huge issues. Um, in District 16, higher education and healthcare are huge issues. And I also was the president of the foundation at the Foundation for Women's, uh, which is the only um, freestanding women and infants hospital in the United States and it's wow. it's our only level three in ICU so moms and babies come from all over the state so wow. um, higher education and healthcare are huge in this district largest employers um, for folks who don't know the district lines yeah um, can you describe where it extends well it would be wonderful if it weren't gerrymandered but huh. largely um, it starts at LSU so if you start at LSU and you run down Highland Road to mm-hmm. the encompasses 12 miles to the Country Club of Louisiana. It crosses That's only like an hour and a half drive no, on no, any no, given no, day no. in Baton Rouge <laughs> with the traffic. Indeed, it is. Um, it encompasses Women's Hospital, uh, okay. the new hospital over. Um, off airline and it, and it cuts a little bit next to Women's Hospital. It comes back down the airline highway, um, captures the old Women's Hospital and parts of Broadmoor, and then it and it largely comes down Government Street, the Mid City area. Okay, so, so it's, it's a, a very big, big, big footprint. Um, you would refer to it as largely South Baton Rouge right. and or Mid-City. So right. um, fantastic neighborhoods, Mid-City, Capitol Heights. And now um, I didn't ask you this before, and you don't, if, you know, if you don't have an answer to it, it's okay. But there's the St. George Initiative yes. that is you know, going to be up on the it's part of the district so my yeah. house is not in st george my business is okay um and or i used to would, live over in that or what could be st george yeah. so i am always in favor of the people's right to assemble and the people's right to vote on issues that they care deeply about um st george i think is a complicated issue it and i don't is. think um i don't think all of the district has the best information on that. Okay. I'm not particularly in favor of the St. George Initiative. I think yeah. I think Baton Rouge and any community is stronger and better when they work together. And that's everything from schools to fire and police and municipalities. It seems to me that and like, like the way they, they the way Baton Rouge is very smart in mm-hmm. the first campaign, right? Because they mm-hmm. annexed in all of the the sort of income producing parts of the. Right. Of, what would have been St. George. Right, which most major cities do that. Yeah. And if you want to be a major city. Right, the casino is um, now, uh, the, the mall of Louisiana mm-hmm. is now part of Baton Rouge. That's right. So I just, yeah. I'm, I, I think I'm the people. about how the numbers work. I just. I think that people need to have a greater understanding of what the tax base really looks like. Yeah, yeah. And so where I live over in District 70, I think some people think that that's not their issue, but it is their issue because you pull out Industriplex and some of the things that are in St. George, our taxes are certainly going to go up because what you are left with is higher education and health care. Right. And which they is, don't, which is they're amazing, right. but they don't pay taxes. So the tax base moves and that comes on the backs of the citizens um so i i think we need to be better educated about what all of the issues are and we're we're not having the right conversation i think that's that's very wise yeah so are you first this is the first time you've ever run for it office? is it is indeed. and it's a big jump to go i mean most people would start out in the, the house or try to run for the house and then run for the senate of course 
I just talked to Tammy Savoy. Yes, she's fantastic. Went from the Congress, you know. And Dr. Uh, Tammy Savoy. Dr. Colonel, maybe state rep. I know, know? she's amazing. She um, was in my uh, inaugural Emerge Louisiana classes where we first met. Oh, great. That's actually a really great first class. There it a lot is. Of, it's a great program. Um, so, you know, and I, I guess you have the backing of Emerge um, as well, right? Well, they don't endorse candidates. But, you know, they're very, uh, uh, I don't know what the right word is. Um, Emerge is an op- awesome opportunity it is. I'm not, no, I'm, for people who are considering running for office to go through that discernment I, process. I, I've interviewed uh, Miss Do Steele, uh-huh. and um, I know that they're they're mindful of like they're very selective about who they uh, accept into their classes. They are, and, um, and are, I was very grateful to have the opportunity. And I I actually. Um, I never considered running for office. You had asked yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah. Um, however, I've been in public service in some way, shape, or form for over 25 years. Um, I have spent the bulk and have dedicated my career to eliminating obstacles and barriers to success for people in a variety of ways, and that's why I spend so much time, and um, that's what my business does. We're in, yeah, what is that? Um, so my business is um, really we're a fundraising, consulting, and philanthropic support company so we work uh, with ultra high net worth families looking at their philanthropic planning we work with uh, corporations and how they want to do good in the universe uh, specifically in um, corporate responsibility and we do a whole lot of work and a whole lot of work in this district and around Baton Rouge and Fundraising consulting, so nonprofit organizations, government organizations trying to raise transformational money to um, assist people, whatever that that is for them. And, you know, nonprofits aren't usually in um, business unless there's great need. So we we do a lot of that work. Um, So it was a natural next step. It's a good time in my life. I've got the education experience. And somebody said, why are you doing this? Why would you want? Ask you, why are you doing this? Why do you want to do this? And yeah. I'll tell you, um, I wouldn't say want is the right word. I think it's a willingness. I look at the legislature and I look at things like a 52% cut to higher education when I am doing everything in my power to eliminate obstacles for students to go be successful and have the opportunity for an education. I watch our legislature balancing uh, the budget on their backs, the backs of our students. I look at um, really the bipartisan issues. I was at Woman's Hospital when Medicaid expansion was rolled out. And, you know, why did we not do that sooner? I I mean, it's it's just unconscionable to me. And the people that really need it, the most vulnerable populations in our state, um, like the babies in the NICU that I used to see every single day, that's who needs Medicaid expansion Mm -hmm. and rollout and and people with disabilities and women suffering with cancer because they don't have a mammogram. And these are the issues that I'm passionate about now. I'm also a business owner, yeah, um, yeah, and I want fair and stable taxes. So I don't think which we don't really have a no, stable, broad-based no. tax structure. Um, opening my business, I'm, I'm stunned. Uh, I got a bill about six months ago for a franchise tax. I'm a sole proprietor. I own a business. I employ people. I make payroll. I've been doing yeah. the deal um, and paying a fair wage and yeah. and doing all of those things. 
But I get this bill for a franchise. Now, my grandfather was in the grocery store business. He was part of the 7-Eleven franchise. I actually know what a franchise is. Right, right, right. I am not a franchise. Mm-hmm. I, I am, you know, one location. We have people with laptops. That's and I'm thinking, bizarre. why am I paying this tax? So um, I think a lot of the people that have been in the legislature say, well, well we don't do taxes, but they're certainly fine raising fees on things, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. We just call them something different, right. or our our taxes are not fair and predictable, and they're not understandable for relatively intelligent people. Um, so we're not successful in business. So uh, it's somebody, like gambling and gaming. It's, I mean, come on, it's yeah. You know, call it a tax, call it a fee. It's really the same thing. It's. Um, I think we get around a lot of things and somebody said why would you want to do this and and what I believe and I mean sincerely is that we have to have smart people that are not career politicians that are willing and have done the work to be in our legislature representing people who are doing the work and really doing the work of the people so I think we've gotten really partisan and that's a problem it it certainly sounds like to me that you probably have a, a pretty amazing grasp of how to leverage uh, private public partnerships. So I've worked know. a lot in public private partnerships yeah. uh, across the board in some of the most successful um, in some of the most successful ways specifically at LSU. Did a lot of that work have done that a lot of that in nonprofits um, with investors that want to make sense and take yeah. advantage of some of the um, things that we have in our state but you know I've also lived the cots so when I was at LSU getting my PhD um, my faculty were bailing so my major professor wound up being the um, dean of the college the chair of the department and a junior faculty member and another dean because all of the faculty had left so if we're going to cut our flagship institution and we expect to have amazing research, which leads to workforce development, which leads to innovation, which leads to people like me and you starting our own businesses. Yeah. Uh, we can't continue to have the craziness in our legislature. So I also know uh, where some of the waste is, and I, I think I can assist with that. Well, but we need to, you know, it, roll up our sleeves and get it, to work it, and start I was going to ask you, like, you know, what piece of legislation you'd All want to write. It. But no, it's like, kidding. <laughs> it just sounds like you already have a, a pretty good grasp of what the priorities are that you would start to want yeah. to work on immediately. So um, we're almost out of time, and I want to wrap up with the same question I've been asking everybody, yeah. which is um, outside of your house, mm-hmm. where's your favorite place in Louisiana? So, you know, I heard you ask somebody I that know, question. I like cheating. I, I was, you know, I am a, um, I am a foodie, and one of the Me things too, yeah. that I love about Louisiana, and I love to do with my family, is to drive to new locations and explore not just the culture, but the incredible food and the music that are here. Um, one of my favorite places on earth, and I'm totally biased because one of my best friends owns it, is my mama's kitchen oh, yeah. in New Roads. And there's not your mama, so and I not your mama's, who is her brother. Yeah. Uh, in Livonia and those uh, that is Kim Kim Park and Donna Ewing at my mama's and JJ and Stephanie Ewing in Livonia those are dear dear friends of mine and any given moment you can find me eating a great big slab of cake at one of those a, uh, one of those spaces you know, go hang out on the river so go watch a parade go is, eat a good meal but there are so many amazing places in District 16 so any given night you can see me at Government Taco eating a taco 
Chaco at yeah, Jada Cody's the, place, the, right? That is getting, it's getting better yeah. and better with the Bring me food. It's funny when you started saying that, the food. I just the, my, the, my first thought was Joe's Dreyfus. Oh, Joe's yeah, Dreyfus. Joe Major. Yeah. And, uh, Amazing. Now, we miss yeah, that. We do. In an old pharmacy. That was Amazing. awesome. Yeah. So I will, I will travel for food. And what yeah. I am discovering is... Um, walking and meeting people there are so many amazing proprietors in district 16 i could uh walk and talk and eat my way through district 16 for a couple of years <laughs> well i wish you the best of luck thanks, thanks. For sitting down and talking oh it's my pleasure day. it's so and great to meet you yeah all right well good luck you thanks a big race out of you and i, I did your voice is needed in the state uh legislature well so. i appreciate it it's going to be a, a lot of fun getting there i hope so yeah i'm in it to win it good this is, this good is no other reason cool Thanks. Right, thank you. I really want to thank Dr. Beverly Brooks Thompson for taking the time to speak with me. I know my intro was a little long and um, our conversation was a little too brief, but hopefully we'll have the chance to talk again soon. Um, later on um, today, because I missed yesterday, I'm going to be publishing an interview with um Creighton Wilson, he's running for House District 10 in Webster Parish, um, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna have to make him describe where Webster Parish is because uh, most of the state probably has no clue. He's also one of the only Creightons I really I don't think maybe the only one I, I know. Um, we get into a little bit of a discussion about the uh, the character Creighton played by John Goodman, who is course, as some of you here in New Orleans know, based on the real-life incomparable Ashley Morris. Um, Creighton Wilson's a little different than Ashley. Um, I don't think that there was any um, F-Y-Y-F-Fs in um, the conversation that we had, but he was a perfect gentleman, and um, it is interesting to speak with somebody from that uh, neck of the woods. It's a, it's a, it's a, just reminds you of the geographic diversity of the state and um, and the the issues, the unique issues that they face um, in, up in uh, Webster Parish. So I'm looking forward to that. I hope you will too. Um, until then, thank you so much again to Dr. Beverly Brooks. Thompson and this is Lamar White of the Bayou Brief. This is Briefly Speaking. I'm signing off.